1: You know, I I wish we had the energy to be in the house of God all day, every day, twenty four seven sometimes, yeah? I mean uh, uh, David says, you know, I'd rather be the, a dog keeper in the house of God in the book of Psalms, you know. You, that, that's the place that you really want to be in, you know. And it's great for me to be um, traveling uh, all over the world to visit churches, you know, and partnering with ministries and pastors and all that. And I just want to thank Pastor Jared for inviting me here, you know, and uh, uh, allowing me to honor his pulpit, you know. And I want to say this to you guys, you know, that, that I've, I've traveled across uh, the world and I've met many, many pastors. But I'd like to say this as a pastor says that, you know, you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, but not many fathers. And I just want to let you know that you got a father in Christ in the house, in your house. Amen. And I really want to greatly honour him, you know, for all that he's done, his faithfulness. You know, there's safety, there's safety. Young people, I understand it's a young service, right? There's safety to hang around older people. I'm, a, I'm an old guy. Yeah, I'm 50 this year. I know, I know. Everywhere, especially in Africa, they told me I look like 20. When I was with Pastor Jared, they said, you look like 20. I said, I'm going to start my skincare line. <laughs> it's the Chinese face, man, and the Singapore sun. And the favour and the grace of God. Amen. Amen, amen. But it's just so good, you know, um, I, I just really want you to honour Pastor Jared for all that he has done. You know, because really, really there's um, not, not many fathers in the, in the kingdom of God. You know, you have many instructors that will instruct you in this, instructing you in that, But not many that will father you and begotten you in the gospel. You know, that will grow you. That's after your welfare and your well-being. You know what I mean? You know, and I, I'm, I'm, I've, I've always loved to hang around older people since young. And so are my three sons. You know, they're always hanging around older people. You know, and that's one tip for you young people. If, if you want to you grow up really fast, you want to grow up really wise, hang around with young older people. Yeah. It, it will do you some good. Yeah. Not much amen from the young ones. <laughs> Alright, right on to my message since there's no response to that. My message tonight was given by my assistant. He said, Pastor, name title the message today. Don't mumble, don't grumble, just be humble. <laughs> Whoa, not many amen to that kind of message. Huh? I shared it with Pastor Jared earlier and he said, oh, just become humble, not be humble. We are learning to become humble all the time. Because just when you think you're humble before you go to sleep, you know, right? the next morning you wake up, you've got to do it with pride again all over. You know, but really what I want to share with you is, uh, is, is my life, uh, a little bit of my life story. I've been serving in, the, in, in, in my church church. Um, For 33 years of my life, started in 1990, you know, when I was there, the church was 160, you know, and by the time I left as a pastor, I think we were about 34,000 members. So I've seen some things, you know, been faithful and uh, not just seen some things and went through some things. Uh, It's not always easy if you want to be planted in a church. You know, if you just want to go watch a a show on a cinema like you're going to church, you know, that's fine. That's easy, right? Hey, hey, take five, take one minute, say hello. You sit down, you get out out of the room, you drink a coffee and then on your way back. And and that's easy. But when you want to get planted, oh, that's tough. But that's tough. But you know, but that toughness will bring out the character of Christ in you and will ready you for the purpose that God has for you. Amen. Amen. You know, so I want to encourage you. Get planted in the house of God. Stay planted in the house of God. I know sometimes being planted in a house feels like you're being buried. <laughs> right? You're being buried by somebody else's criticism. Somebody rubs you the wrong way. Many people have rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, if, if you just if I lift off my sweater right now, you see the you see the wounds on my back. Oh man, in the church. You know, i didn 't expect that in the church, but you know what God used God used people 's weakness for our sanctification amen you know and so what I want to share with you today, I, I believe that there are three points I want to make today They will lead to progression in your life. everybody say progression yes. you will lead to provision, yes. and the last it will lead to promotion yes. you know it's I, I call it a three h or mumble grumble don't don't mumble don 't grumble, just be humble. I kind of like that. It's like a Sunday school sermon, you know. Um, But the very first thing I want to talk about is that will lead to your progression in life is hunger. Hunger leads to progression. And hungry not just for the gifts of God or gifts from God, but hunger to know the ways of God. You see, the Bible says that the children of Israel knew the acts of God. So the children of Israel saw what God did and they liked it. They liked the miracles. But Moses knew the ways of God. So the children of Israel knew the acts of God. They saw all that God has done, but Moses knew the ways of God. What do we mean by when we say that someone knows the ways of God? You know, when you just know the acts of God, it could be just a once-off event. But when you know the ways of God, you know how to posture yourself and ready and repeat the miracles and the breakthroughs of God in your life. That's why we want to know the ways of God. And we want to hunger for the ways of God. And then you say, so how do we hunger for the ways of God? What do we hunger for? You know, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father, still tender, and cherished by my mother. And then he taught me and he said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commandments and you will live." Get wisdom. Everybody say, get wisdom. Get understanding. So get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom, though it costs you all you have. Get wisdom, get understanding, cherish her and she will exhort you. Embrace her and she will honour you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. You know, so you say, how do we know that it's the ways of God? The ways of God are ways of wisdom. Hunger for the ways of wisdom, hunger for the wisdom of God every day. My wife likes to say that, and she's doing that with my son right now, my youngest, in order to read a proverb a day. Read a proverb a day. You know, that and she, she likes to say this that the 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, one for every day. Read a proverb a day. An apple keep the doctor away, a proverb will keep the devil away. <laughs> Come on. You know, but hunger for the ways of God. Don't just, you know, sometimes I, I hear young people say, well, we hunger for the things of God. You know, we, we hunger for the gifts of God. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But above all, the Bible says in another version, in all your getting, get wisdom. Wisdom will build your house. You know, gifts might, might, might puff you up. But wisdom will grow you up. Because it is the ways of God. And sometimes wisdom is, does not come very naturally. Common sense is not so common. Come on, common sense is not so common. If, if common sense is really common, we won't be running into so many problems today. Social media is supposed to connect us, but it disconnects us more than it connects us. You go to a cafe, everybody's on the, ca- on, on, on the phone, checking the social media. It's supposed to connect us. I remember years ago we have got a we got a speaker in town, you know, and then we brought him to the to the dinner place, and me and my fellow pastors, you know, and then with, the moment we get in there, we're all looking at our phone, and 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 he's he's an Israeli, so he he's he's like direct, straightforward Israeli Jewish guy, right? And he said, "Hey guys, come on, give me your phone number." Then we're looking at him. Like, what? Yeah, you're not talking to me. Like, give me your phone number. I'll text you something right now. I mean, you think about it. I mean, it's the wisdom of man to create social media. But it takes the wisdom of God to know how when to disconnect from social media so that you can connect with one another. Amen. amen. So common sense is not so common. Amen. You know, but, but walk in the wisdom of God. Hunger for the wisdom of God. In everything you get, get the wisdom of God. You know, it will present you with a glorious crown you present it with a glorious crown. I know some of you are, oh, I thought you are going to come and preach a young, a young message. Hey, you know, fire up for Jesus and all that. You, you know, Jesus Himself is wisdom. He's made unto us wisdom. You know, it's not how crooked you fall under the power of God. It's how straight you walk after that. That really matters. Amen. You know, and then He said, oh, but you know, how, how, how do I hunger? I, I don't really have that hunger. You know, the Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good blessed is the man who takes refuge in old taste and see so sometimes i understand some of you are like oh yeah i know it's good to have a hunger for the for the wisdom of god but i don't have a hunger for things of for the wisdom of god then what do you do you get a taste of it get a taste of wisdom you, when you and, and, and it slowly you know like sometimes you know like you, you get a taste of things i mean when 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 have people start living with smash avocados for example this is how many I mean, 20 years ago, I never heard of smashed avocado. But only in recent years, people get a taste of smashed avocados. And then it became very popular, right? I mean, like, you, you, you guys, I mean, you, you Australians, I mean, good respect for you, you love mics. <laughs> oh my God, Vegemite. Oh, I know you guys love Vegemite, but you love your veggie Vegemite like I love my durians. How do we acquire such taste? And you know when my Aussie friend gave me Vegemite for the first time, I said, what is that? How do you eat that with bread? And when I offered them durian, they said, oh, that's like smelly socks. <laughs> but how do we like and acquire a certain taste of things or hunger for things? It's because we had a taste for it. Our taste grew. You know, some of you guys, you know, you, you don't like some of the food that you eat, but your mummy stuffed it into your mouth when you were young. And then you start growing a taste for the things. For those kind of food. You know, like in my household, my wife would never cook a Chinese meal. Right? She she cook all the Italian, all the Western meals, but she doesn't cook Chinese meal because she cannot beat my mom. Because I grew up on my mom's Chinese food and her Chinese food will always be the best. So now you know why Pastor Jerry said the better one is there because you know she's wise. She stay in her lane. <laughs> but you see the way you grow hunger. Back to my hunger. The way you grow hunger is start having a taste. Start having a taste. Like you know some of you young people sign up for the for the youth camp for the refuel that is coming. Maybe you're new in church. Say, oh, what is this refuel? What do I need a refuel? Is this a petrol station? Get there, get there. When you encounter Jesus in that camp, you will never be the same again, because thereafter you're gonna say, "Oh, I'm gonna be at camp every time now." You know, my, my, my kids, I, I, I'm grateful for, you know, to the Lord that I've been such a busy person in the church and serving and all that. But I thank God today, all my three sons, they, they love church. They love being in the, involved in the house of God. You know, and when we grew them, or, when, or not we grew them, as they were growing up, you know, there are things they don't like to do. And we expose them. We bring them for youth camps. You know, we bring them for church camps. You know, and they don't always understand everything. You know, I remember there were a number of times that I laid hands on them and prayed over them. You know, they didn't didn't fall under the power of God like the other people did. They just kind of like look at me like, are you done, dad? Are you done? (laughs) But today, today we, we, we almost have to ban them from going to church sometimes. Because they spend so much time in church. You know, and so I have, I have a different situation at home. My challenge at home is, can you don't worship so loud? <laughs> I, I get my, my second son is a worship leader. So he likes to worship on top of his voice. I feel really bad. Can you tone down a bit? I know you're worshipping God, can you tone down a bit? Or oh, another son listening to a sermon, you know, like full volume. I'm like, uh, can you like lower that sermon a little bit? You know, and they look at me like, you mean you don't like sermons? <laughs> we, we've got a different set of problems, but you see, but we, we created a taste in them. And then the now, now today they have a hunger, you know, for the things of God, for the wisdom of God. Amen. You know, and when you, when you, when you are hungry for something, you will always be on a track of progression you never stagnate. you never stagnate. The the life of Christ, the life with Christ is meant to be progressive. You know, the Christian life is meant to be progressive. If you're not progressing, you're regenerating actually. There's no such thing as you stand still. You are always progressing. Always progressing. So I want to encourage you, you know, hunger, hunger for the wisdom of God. Hunger and He will watch over you. Let me read it again to you. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Amen, amen. And the second and the second thing, second point I want to make tonight is honor, honor. You know, in First Peter chapter two verse seventeen, it says, "Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor." In Romans chapter thirteen verse seven, pay to all what is owed to them." Taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue are owed, respect to whom respect is owed, and honor to whom honor is owed. You know, honor all men, not just above. It is easy to honor those whom we deem honorable. But, you know, but it takes the character of Christ and the Holy Spirit to honor even those unworthy of honor. Whoa. You see, because it's easy to honor upwards. But actually the Lord says, you know, to honor all men. What, what does it mean to honor? It's to give weight. Give weight to them. Give weight to their presence. Give weight to their words. Honor men. Live and live in a life of honor. Sometimes I find in church that people, you know, they, they only they when, when when once they get into the church and all that, they're used to the church, you know, they only honor their leaders. But they do not honor those that are downwards. You know, sometimes, you know, leaders, you want to judge whether a person is good potential for leadership. It's how they honour people that are below them. How they treat the small people, not how they treat you. Amen. You, you know that these are the people, you know, that God can use because they, you know, they, they, they're, they're not just doing it for, for eye-pleasing service. Amen. But they're doing it, they're really doing it to honour, you know, the Lord. You know, that's the reason why We give weight. There's a reason why we give it up Because we're doing as unto the Lord. You know, when you work out there, young people, when you work out there, you are serving, you are working as unto the Lord. No matter how much you don't like your boss, but he's not your boss. He's not going to be the one that will give you the pay raise. Oh, really? I thought he decided on my performance appraiser. He may do it, but God can override him. Because if you're doing for men... You know what? Men's hands are too small. But when you're doing unto the Lord, you're saying, God, you're taking care of my job. Even my, my boss is not doing it. I'm honouring my job. I'm honouring my company. I'm honouring my boss. And Lord above all, I'm honouring you. <laughs> and when you do that, oh man, God will open the floodgates of heaven. Floodgates of heaven. I, I remember when I first started working on my second job. My first job, I wasn't too good on my first job, but thank God. God is a God of many chance. You know, some people say God is a God, God, God of second chance. But in the, in the first place, when do we deserve the first chance, right? But it's not just a second chance, it's many chance. Sometimes we hear the word, God is God of second chance. Like as if we deserve the first chance. No, we didn't deserve any chance. He's a God of many, many, many chance. Amen. I didn't do two well in my first job, to be honest, alright? I was like skiving at 3pm. I was drinking coffee somewhere. I was a sales guy. I, thought, oh, I done my quota. I don't want to work so hard and all that. And I was just like, you know, I'm smart. I'm, I'm good. You know, my boss should treat me differently. And then shortly I left that, that, that place. And then the Lord wanted me to take up another job. And this job requires me to travel one hour, 45 minutes to my office. And every day I have to do that. You know, and, and the Lord didn't let me go. He wanted me to do that. He said, because I'm teaching you how to honour I said, Lord, it's very long. One hour, 45 minutes. I have to take a bus, 15 minutes bus, hop onto the train for another half, uh, 45 minutes and then hop onto another bus and then a half an hour before I get to my office. One hour, 45 minutes, one way trip and one way trip back. And so that's about two and a half hours, you know, three and a half hours. I feel my math, you can tell. You know, Two and a half hours, yes. You know, and, 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 and I did that, but, you know, but all the time the Lord was teaching me to honour my work. To give weight to it. You see, because in my first job, I was drinking coffee at 3pm. At 4pm, I'm visiting the Chinese food reflexology. It's working too hard. <laughs> really, really, you know, I was like that. You know, but the Lord began to grill me just before I got married. You see, I didn't have all the wisdom before I got married. One of the fastest way, guys, to get wisdom is to get married. Alright, Nathan asked uh, my wife and I, you know, what is the one secret today, you know, for marriage and all that. I said, for me, just listen to your wife, listen to your wife, listen to your wife. Happy wife, happy life, hallelujah. Some of you young ones are taking notes. You know, so I, I but you know, but I, I learned to honour. And then, I began to realise what the Lord was doing. It was tough. It was tough to get up and travel one, one hour and 45 minutes to my office, and then back home every day in a manner. You know, it was tough, but it did something to my character. It built resilience in me. You know, the Bible says that God, when, when, when Joseph, when Joseph was in prison, you know, the, he says God laid iron into his soul. In the Hebrew. God laid iron into his soul. So when, when Joseph was in prison, you know, people think, oh, you're you are in prison, you're, you're, nothing is happening. You're having a nothing burger, right? You're having a nothing burger, but you know, but what God was actually doing, when you feel like you are in your prison, God is laying iron into your soul. Because God was readying Joseph to be promoted. Wow. He may have spent that, that many years, I don't know how many, how many years, but two more years he stayed on. All right, at least two more, at least more than two years. You know, while well, you're spending it two years, but you know, he got it promoted instantly. When the time comes for you, you know, and you have allowed the Lord to ready you, you will, you will receive your promotion. Amen, amen. And the last thing, um, and another point, of, let's look at Proverbs chapter three. It says, and the way about to honor is to honor the Lord with your first fruits. It says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 to 10, Honor the Lord with your wealth. Oh, you don't like that? I mean, you don't like that? Let me read it again. Did I read it correctly? It's honor the Lord with your wealth. I mean, if the Lord asks you to honor him with your wealth, you're gonna be quite wealthy, I think. So nobody's saying amen to that, huh? Amen. And with the first fruits of all your produce. You know, one of the ways we learn to honor God is honor the Lord with your wealth and honor him with the first fruits of all your produce, and then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vest will be bursting with wine. Maybe some of you are like, oh, I, I don't need, I don't have buns, you know, and I, I definitely don't have vats, you know, maybe bottles, you know. What is, what is this, this thing about wine and wheat and all that? No, no, it's, it's a Hebrew expression of provision that, that God is going to, when you honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of your increase, you know, that, that provision will be bursting and it will be overflowing. It is always bursting and it is always overflowing. You know, and I share this verse because many, many years ago, that's maybe like, let me see, about 20, when I was just starting to work, maybe about 25 years ago, you know, the Lord showed me this verse. You know, and, and this is my personal interpretation. All right, and I submit this to you. Because when I read this, I honour the Lord with well. I said, oh yeah, I know that. The tithe, yeah, I'll give the Lord the tithe, I'll give, you know. And if there's any miracle offering, and I feel that, I'll, I'll do it. And then, but the Lord did not let me go. He said, look at the second part of the verse. And the first fruit of all your increase, of all your produce. In in, another, in another, another version, for the first fruit of all your increase. Then I'm like, oh, the first fruit of all my increase. Oh, wow. Hmm. God, wow, Lord, Spirit, what do you have to say to that? First fruit. Then the Lord began asking, what is first fruit? First fruit of all your increase. Okay, this is during the agricultural time of Israel. All right, first fruit means first harvest, the first harvest. So, okay, the first harvest of all your increase. Wait a minute. You mean what, uh, the first harvest? I give you my first harvest? They said, the Lord said, yeah, I want you to give me your first increment. I said, what do you mean by that? Which means every time you got an increment, the first increment, you give it to the Lord. I said, oh, but I, 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 tied to, the, I tied to the increment. I really tithe, Lord. They said, no, 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 read again. It's first fruit of all your increase. It means the first wave of harvest, I want you to give it to me. Very quiet here. Suddenly, this became a Presbyterian church. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And, you know, it was so challenging, you know. And so every time, and, I, and, and so I, I have, so I began, like, oh, this, oh, this is, I was thinking, oh, this is hard. This is not revelation. This is tough. This is tribulation. <laughs> <laughs> and I spoke with all my friends, all my friends said, nah, you are, you're, you're stretching it too much. You know, you're, you're taking it too literally in the Bible. But I said, but it says first fruit, right? Which means the first, the first harvest, the first fruit. Right? Then they say, yeah, but you don't have to take it literally. But the Holy Spirit didn't let me go. You know, and so I discussed with my wife back then, you know, and, and, and we decided every time, every time when there's a first increase, she's here to dine. Every time there's a first increase, the first increase go to the Lord. On top of our tithe, I'm sharing something personal. But it is, it's, it, I'm sharing that not just because it's personal, but because it's powerful. And because I walk in that principle of honouring the Lord with all my first increase. I have never seen myself lacking in my life. I'm here to testify to you, to the, to the truth of God's Word, that I've never seen myself suffer lack in my life. You know, there are challenging times, but God always come true for me. God always come true for me. Amen. And you know what? It is because when you learn to give the Lord the first foot of your increase, you will enjoy an ever-increasing, overflowing, abundant provision from the Lord. Amen. You know, so honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruit of all your produce, you know, and then your barns will be filled with, with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. You see, the, the miracle, the uh, offering that you're going to have this the next Sunday and all that, you know, it is, it is not just a church program, it is, it is a sowing season that God has opened up for all of you, yeah. you know, and for you to sow your seed. Because if there's no seed, there is no harvest. If there's no seed, there's no harvest. You know, And the Bible said there's seed for the sower and bread for the eater. You know, when, when, when God brings supplies into our life, we need to learn to discern what is bread and what is seed. You, want to, you don't want to eat your seed and sow your bread, you want to eat your bread and then sow your seed. You know, so, you know, God, God is a gracious God. He's not asking you to go, go sell your car and then give everything. Maybe some of you, the Lord might ask you to do that. But you know what? If I ever ask you to do that, I can guarantee it's because He's got something better for you coming your way. I know my God. I know my God. But you see, but you see, as a church, right, I know, you know, maybe in, in, in the laws of the land, you are considered a charity. Right? But when you do, when you give to Christian work, you are not giving actually. This is, this is not a charity. This is not an act of charity. But this is an act of sowing. Spiritually, the Lord see, it's not just money, but it is seed. And when seed go to the ground, it will always bring a harvest. But if you have the mindset, that, oh, I'm just giving money to help with the church program and all that. Hey, then you are just giving. But when you see that, Lord, I am honouring you. I'm sowing this into your kingdom, into the field that you have asked me to sow into, then you will reap the harvest that God has prepared for you. Amen. So honor the Lord, and it will lead to provisions in your life. Amen. And the last thing, it's humility. Humility leads to promotion. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 to 7, Is this too much scripture reading for you guys? No, right? We're church, right? We're good, right? (laughs) So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and as a witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. We're all partakers in the glory that is going to be revealed. Amen. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge, But being examples to your flock And when when a chief shepherd appears You will receive unfading crown of glory That's a promise to all leaders Amen And likewise Likewise You who are younger Any young people here tonight? Young and young at heart Likewise You younger people Be subject to the elders You young people You younger people be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud. But give grace to the humble. I want to just came on a point. Submit to your elders. You know, in this world that you are living in, I think I, I come, I, I grew up in a different world from... Where you are growing up with, you are growing in a you are growing up in a world whereby you, knowledge is at your fingertips. But can I just say something? That knowledge does not equal to wisdom. You may know a lot of things. You can find out a lot of things on the internet. You can find today you can know everything on Wikipedia. You can know everything on Google. You just Google. You just need to know how to Google. You will get your answer, right? But you you only get answer of knowledge. But it takes wisdom. Because wisdom is the application of knowledge in the right context. Come on. Doesn't mean you know something means you're wise. It's the same. Even for us older people, me, older people, I'm 50, remember? You know, age does not always speak wisdom. Someone can be very experienced, but they're still very grouchy. The don't mumble, don't grumble is actually for the older people. <laughs> oh, wow. All <laughs> right, come I in. I tell my wife all the time, I say that please remind me if I'm repeating my story too many times. Means I'm getting old. It <laughs> sound like you're grumbling, you know. You know, but be subject, younger people, be subject to your elders. I remember in 1995, I was in the church for about four and a half years by then. I was um, like, uh, maybe I was. 25. How old am I? Let me see. 30? No. 22. Wow, wow. Well done, Pastor Jared. Your math is fantastic. You did better than the Chinese. <laughs> I feel my math. I feel my math. I feel my math. And I drop out of my math subjects. Because I, I got a nasty teacher You know, th- teacher always and, You know, and a, a, I was in a classroom And across When you look outside the classroom it's a, it's a college that I should be promoted into And the teacher everyday will come to And look at me and say You will never make it over there You will never make it over there You will never make it over there So for one year she said that And I've, the following year I dropped that subject You know but many years later God has a sense of humour I went to a Bible college And I thought In a Bible class And the same teacher Was in my class Was my student You couldn't imagine My temptation That day All I could think of Is look out of the window Look out of the window You will never make it <laughs> That was my flesh Crying out But Thank God I'm crucified with Christ So I was gracious I didn't um, by the grace of God No, I was gracious but God was gracious he, he calmed me down forgive walk in forgiveness walk in forgiveness but 1995 22 and I was in church. I was, I got involved in church. I was excited all about church. I just discovered, I said, I think God has given me a calling and all that. I was reading books after books after books. I've been back in those days, I was still reading books, right? And when I couldn't afford to buy books, I would go to the Christian bookstore, sit there on by the shelf and start reading all these books. And I was reading all these men of God those printing books and all that. And I'm like, wow, this man of God. Oh, wow, wow, he's so good. Come on. Every morning he wakes up and he said, good morning, Holy Spirit. You know, wow, what a, what a fantastic book, you know? And I read so many other books and I was like, Oh, all oh, these men of God, Lord. Lord, please send me to one of these men of God. You know, these this people that, you know, this ministry that is impacting the world. I, 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 want, to, I, want, to, I want to run after the men of God. And then I heard the Lord says, your man of God is your pastor in the church. I'm like, oh, really? Seriously? You know, and if you know, if you know where I came from, I, I came from New Creation Church. You know, my my pastor, still is my pastor today. You know, it's Pastor Joseph Prince. In 1995, nobody knew him. You know, but the Lord told me that he's the man of God. Many years later, oh man, when he became, the Lord gave him fame. The Lord promoted him. I'm so thankful that I was beside him, serving all the way. So you never know how God can arrange your destiny and align you when you humble yourself and be in submission. I I really think that my leadership was not that great. But then, I was trying to run after all these guys, all these men of God. And then, you know what, years later, all these men of God, they will come to Singapore and visit my pastor. And I'll be there in the room. And they'll be like, oh, I'm so excited to meet your pastor. I'm like, oh, oh, wow. Wow. And to think that I thought I was excited to meet you. They were more excited to meet my pastor. I'm like, wow. You know, so humble yourself. In verse 6, it says, humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time He will and He may exalt you. In the proper time, there's a timing for everything. There's a timing for everything. Don't rush ahead of God. Never rush ahead of God. You know, it, it is always better to be slower in following the Lord than to be faster. If you want to make a mistake, be slower. Why is that so? You know, years ago I learned this from a man of God, Kennedy Hagan He said that if you if imagine if 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 like this border, just an illustration. All right, if this is the Lord, the Lord is in front of you. Right? If if you run ahead of God, right, there's there's no one in front anymore to guide you. But if you are slower, even though you are slower, but you're still keeping Him in your sight, in your focus, you are still following Him. So it always always is good to be slower than faster. In due time, in due time, God will exhort you. God will exhort you. I've been in my church for 30 over years. You know, only recently I step out. But that's only only the time, after 30 over years, I felt the release, you know, with the blessing of my pastor to to step out, to do more. Oh, but you'll be too old. I'll be too old by then. Am I too old? Come on. Hey, don't insult me, right? I look 20. When you you walk the ways of humility, you never go wrong. And I'll close with this. In Philippians 2, verse 1 to 11, but also the interests of others. Have this mind among you which is yours in Christ Jesus. He says in verse 6, who though he was in the form of God did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped. But He emptied Himself by taking form, the form of a servant being born in the likeness of man, being found in a human form. He humbled Himself. This is the Son of God, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Bible says He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. But it did not end there, He says, And therefore God has highly exalted him, bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of our Father. You have the life of Christ in you. Maybe some of you are struggling with humility. If anyone write a book and say, humility and how I achieve it, you know that guy is not very humble. I think it was C.S. Lewis that said, that humility is not thinking of um, less of yourself, but to think of yourself lesser. But you see, amazing, you know, the Christ life, this same life, that Jesus' the humble life is in you right now. You know, and, and if, you, if you read this verse, there are seven steps that Jesus took to humble himself. 7 steps I will read it to you Step 1 He, Who he though He was the form of God He did not call, count Equality with God A thing to be grasped. Step 2 He emptied himself By taking the form Of a servant He emptied himself Step 3 By taking the form Of a servant Step 4 By being born In the likeness of man Step 8 By being found In a human form He humbled himself He humbled himself In step 5 And step 6 He became obedient To the point of death and step seven, even the death on the cross. And then watch this now. And then the God promoted him seven steps upward. That God has highly exalted him. Step one. Step two, bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Step three, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Step four, in heaven. Step five, on earth. Step six, under the earth. And step seven, every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I just want to say this to you, that Every time you take a step down, there's a step up that God is preparing for you.